This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hard-working volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast, we'll keep you updated on all the goings-on here at Winslow Cricket Club, and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will, of course, have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So, let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings-on at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Well, we're back again. 2023, who'd have believed it? Uh, everybody have a good Christmas, Neil. What did you get up to? Yeah, pretty decent, yeah. Not not a great deal. Didn't have any cricket Christmas presents. You went to New York just before Christmas, didn't oh, you? Well, that's not cricket, is it? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you had a good time over there. Yeah. Did you see any shows? <laughs> I did, actually. Did oh, there's a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Which one did you see? Yeah, Lion King. Lion King. Oh, very good. What about you, Liver? Have you got up to much? No, not a lot really, just the usual family stuff. A yeah. uh, little bit of cricket on TV, wasn't there as well? So, a bit, yeah. bit of controversy to watch and over the last few yeah. days as well. Man so. cutting and uh, catches beyond the boundary. Yeah, how far beyond the boundary does it become well, ridiculous? I was thinking about this, you know. They were said on commentary, he could hop on one leg 300 <laughs> times and still catch it. Now, to me, that don't seem right. To me, if you've got both feet grounded over the boundary then you're over the boundary. Absolutely. And it, it made me think of those catches you see in baseball in America where yeah. you know, they're, they're leaping up the fence <laughs> and doing that. Nice. Now, you know, literally, you, you're going to see Michael Nasser yeah. jump into the stands at the MCG and as long as he's actually in the air, yeah. when he catches it, throws it back from 20, 20 rows. But he's a part of the stand, part of the ground, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, sounds madness to me. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought that's a six and that's it. And what... The debate's raging on, isn't it? And Does that mean you... I can put someone in the uh, road now to field? You probably put someone in Mr Noble's garden, to be honest with you. And just as long as they jump sh- up, jump, and then jump, jump at the precise moment and lob it back to you. Or you could put Eddie all the way down well and close, so when you go for six all the way over there, actually, as long as he's in the air, when he catches and throws it back, we're well, all right. Well, say Eddie's in it's, it's just six if Eddie's down there now. What about Mancarin? <laughs> have, have, have we covered Mancarin? What do we uh, think about that? I'm not, I mean, going, I'm not going to see Mancarin again. Yeah, I think it was. It's a bit off in it. I just don't like it. One or two people are saying it. It's part of the game now, but I don't know. It's in the rules, but I don't think there's very many purists will ever accept it. Is there? No, I don't think so. Do you want me to tell me a cracker joke now? Yeah, tell you cracker joke. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, my wa- my wife didn't believe me when I when I could make a car out of spaghetti. A car out of spaghetti. You want to see her face when I drove past her? <laughs> you get it? <sighs> Do I get it? Pasta spaghetti. Oh, yeah, I get it now. I'm just wondering whether Rick's going to put a <laughs> drum sound in there. Or, or is it going to be the old uh, tumbleweed? My going wife, on? I'll say it again, my wife didn't yeah. believe right. I can make a car out of spaghetti. What happened? 
You ought to see her face when I drove past her. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not as funny the second time, I No, it was a cracker joke. Look, yeah. if we'll have to be a prostate joke. I will do. Go tell that one. No, then. that's another day. Anything else, Neil? No, over to you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this week's edition of the pod, we've got uh, Paul Borrington and uh, Zach Lucas, both of them uh, are Ticknell Goats. It was a great episode, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Here it is, coming up now. Welcome to our latest venture into Cow Corner with me, Ian Livo, and back with me today is Rich Marser. How are we, Mars? I'm a lot better than I have been. I was in India, and I'm... I've... I'm not too clever, but I'm all right now. Yeah, the Dunstall lads have never recovered. Um, <laughs> we're, we're back on Zoom today to bring you another of our club cricket greatest of all time specials. So joining us today are a couple of players who've played many years at the same village club. It's the club that states in its vision to clearly become and remain the best player development club in Derbyshire. And as it counts, Tony Palladino and friend of the pod, Wayne Madsen, Amongst their notable players, I think they've done a pretty decent job. So, firstly, we have Ticknell's batting goat with more than 18,000 runs. You'll probably tell me if that's wrong on play cricket at an average of 59. So, welcome to Paul Borrington. How are we, Paul? Very well, thanks. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure, mate. And secondly, uh, we have Ticknell's bowling goat with more than 500 wickets at an average of 21. Zach Lucas, how are we, Zach? Very well, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for the invite. So, guys, uh, we'll just take this as we go along. Um, how did you get into cricket, really? You know, where did it all start personally for you? And is there anybody that particularly got you into it? I know your dad was a cricketer for Derbyshire Paul, but uh, do you want to give us a bit of background how you started? Yeah, I mean, it's a question I've been asked a few times. I, I don't ever remember not playing, to be honest. I think as soon as I could walk, dad probably had a bat <laughs> or a ball in my hand. So I don't really remember an age where I started um, or where I first played. I think as soon as I could walk, Dad was probably throwing balls at me. Um, so, yeah, very grateful for the for the advice and the support he's given me over the years and obviously wouldn't have got anywhere near as as far as I have done without him. Was it always cricket then, mate, or was there other sports that, that you got involved in? I played a lot of football through school, um, so sort of uh, all the way up to 18, I was playing football, and then cricket took over a little bit from there, really. Was it Ticknell at an early age or Derbyshire or...? I know you were born in Nottingham, so we're playing for Derbyshire. Obviously, you've come across the year uh, to the better side, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, I was only born in Nottingham. I grew up in Melbourne, so yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. than uh, being born in the hospital. <laughs> um, I actually played a little bit of my junior cricket at Corndon, where Dad was okay. playing at the time, as I was, I'd have been 10 or 11. Dad was still playing there. Yeah, um, yeah. And then moved back to Ticknell, which obviously was local to where I lived when I was 12. So, yeah, the first, my first introduction to um, junior cricket matches was at Corndon. Okay. What about you then, Zach? Where did it all begin for you? Um, I used to play a lot in the back garden. Thankfully, I had a better land um, where we used to live when I was a kid, we were about eight or nine. And then a guy called Mark Preston, who I went to school with, says, hey, you play a bit of cricket. Why don't you come on to Techno? We're looking for guys. I was about 13. So I said yes, and it kind of just went from there, really. So Always been Ticknell then for you? Yes, it has. One of these yeah. 30, 36, 37 years, I think it is. And back in those days, uh, I mean, there was no nothing like All-Stars and Dynamos. How did you get into it? Was it under-13s? or? I was 13 a bit. We went into, uh, we, had, uh, we had a first team, second team, then under-15s, and that, that was the full setup at Ticknell then. Things have changed. That was about 86, yeah. So, I mean, we've got, <laughs> we, did, we were up to four teams and... Christ knows how many. We've got about a dozen or so junior teams or something like that. That puts you, Zach, around the same age as me and Rich. And what I'd always say is, 
did you find as though you were just sort of thrown into it rather than any of this, as Richard said, all stars, very organised? We were just like under 11s, get on with it, away you go. Uh, pr- pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was. I mean, J- JD John Dunham, our, our chairman, he was he uh, he coached the under 15s then and was playing first team cricket for us. Um, so it, there was that knowledge of what local cricket is about and what was needed. So I was protected quite quite a bit. To be honest with you, I, I managed to get into the twos when I was, when I was about 14 or so. Um, so then they they really did look after me. Our uh, setup on Sundays as well was. You know, three or four first teamers, three or four seconds, and then two or three juniors. So mm. all, the, all their big bats were blown away. We came on to bowl a bit and then taken off a bit before the end, before the big guns came back in again. So we, we were protected, but we also learned how to bowl against the big guys and realised if you put it too short, it was going to go a very long way, which I still do, strangely enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Did you say 36-ish years at, at Tickdale? Yeah, was, yeah, so th- yeah, thirty-six years I've done that. Okay, so my my friend and colleague who's on this uh, pod with us claims that he's got a lot more runs that aren't on play cricket. I'm <clears> guessing <throat> you might have a few wickets that aren't on play cricket as well. Then we had a bit of a tot up, and <laughs> as an average, they reckon it's between three and four hundred missing well, miss missing wickets <laughs> that are missing. Yeah, that's Crack, yeah. It's a it's a it's a bit of a bugbear, man. Because <laughs> literally, I've I would have known that. Five, but yeah, I go on about it too much. To be fair, yeah. I've probably got about three hundred more catches, about six or seven thousand more runs. Although people take the mickey out of me for that, but but I did think about getting all the old scorebooks out and uh, start to put them into play cricket. But I haven't got enough time on my hands to be honest with you now. So well, that's it. You try you try googling uh, Central Derbyshire where where I yeah. play cricket, and there's there's nothing online. Because no. I hate to say it again, but the internet wasn't invented then, was it? Really? So that's right. Yeah, nobody banging it on there. So. Uh, but then, yeah. if we go to the youngster on the call now, unfortunately, Mr. Boric has not only got all his play cricket stuff, he's got his ESPN Crick Info stuff out there as well. <laughs> yeah, there's not much hiding place, is there, with the internet nowadays? <laughs> there isn't, no. no it's there isn't good news, bad all. news, isn't it? It is, it, it is. Can't so, be, yeah. So, you, you both come through for Tickdale now for 30 odd years, and what is it now, 20 years for you, Paul? Yes, with a year away in the middle, yeah. Um, yeah, so 21, 22 years, yeah. Tell us a bit about Tignal for those who are listening to the pod and don't know much about Tignal. You t- tell us a bit about it, Paul. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously local to me growing up, so it was an easy decision to go and, and start playing there as a 11 and 12-year-old. Amazing club, been brilliant to me and lots of lots of cricketers growing up. I think you, you mentioned it earlier, the, the reputation and the way that the club has developed and given opportunity to players is, is probably second to none so from a personal point of view hugely grateful for the opportunity to play for Ticknell um, and it's it goes quickly doesn't it in time so it, if it doesn't mm. feel that long since I was a 12 year old playing in the 13s time has flown by what's changed at Ticknell over the years Zach? Um, oh dear me I know Howard's got a bit older but you know <laughs> I think I think we're trying to be a, a lot more professional now whereas I know when First team wise, when we were like Div three, Div two, that was that was the end of meeting at the pub. We, we were meeting at the grounds, and yeah. the pub would always be a pint. So that that went out the window. Then we were an hour before the game, we were getting warmed up, and then we're, everything now. So as a junior, you you accept that you are basically going through a very similar routine that all the senior sides go through. So it's no big shock for you when, when you hit, and there's a lot expected of you as a junior, but the juniors can also expect a lot more from the club as well. So there's from the range of coaches we've got and all the nights we put on for them as well. Uh, it's, it's, there's, there's so much more 
available to cricket wise for, for mm. the juniors and seniors these days as well. So, so for those who would uh, don't know you that well, both of you really, tell us about your uh, your batting style, Paul. How would you describe yourself as a batman? So you're not a blocker, or what's your uh, your style? Bear in mind, we've done a pod with Mr. Dydham and he told me exactly what he thought. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah. didn't find that yeah. one, actually, when I was looking back the other day. I might I'll have listen to that. Yeah, you get mentioned on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you get the word blocker from? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just a Did you give him that, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> I said aspiring blocker. Yeah. So, obviously, you don't see yourself as a blocker then, Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's quite tough to describe your own style. It's probably. Uh, it's probably a question for you guys to answer. Um, I don't know. You just try and get as many runs as you can, really, don't you? Shall I, yeah. shall I quote Mr. Dyden? I'm not sure. Go on. <laughs> Howard said, and I've used this a number of times in the last year to uh, one of our players at our club. He said, "What Paul's not worried about is being 30, 35 not out after thirty overs." Doesn't yeah. matter because then yeah. that 70, 80, 90 is going to come. It's you know, you've just got to sit it out if needs be, and then away you go. Uh, and he talks about you, Paul, in that way that I've got to <laughs> bat as many overs as possible because the longer you're in, the chances are you're actually going to make more runs. Yeah, I certainly, um, I certainly wouldn't ever go out with the intention of trying to bat for as many overs as I can. I think, um, it's just trying to play what's in front of you, and sometimes there's times you've got to suck it up a bit and and wait a bit longer for your for your time, and sometimes you get away a bit quicker. So um, I think that's probably something that I've developed and got better and better at as I've gone through the years is just playing what's in front of me, whether that be situations or bowlers or pitches mm-hmm. and all those things. So um, yeah, I think piecing it together is probably something that I've been fairly successful with in the last few years. What about you then, Zach? Christ. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Should we get Paul to do this bit? <laughs> Quite, yeah, it's probably better actually. I, I, I always always say to the guys in, in the threes now, if if you're bowling and you're being boring, that's going to win you the game. Dots dot, dots is always good, and dots in, in I always find in threes, if you bowl two overs with the dots, there'll be a chance there straight away. Mm. And that's we're all in partnerships, and I'm just coming up with every single. Thing that everybody knows, but um, yeah, if you've got a guy at the other end who can bowl dots as well, it, it always works. And I think I think the best way of once bowled over the bowling opposite a guy called Ian Duckass, he took sixty odd wickets. I took thirty or forty in the season, and he thanked me at the end of the season because he said it's it's part of the tour of creating the pressure. So I think sometimes I, I I always bowl at the stumps. I always try and take wickets, but also as well, I know that the dot ball's not a bad thing at all. What's happened to the pace over the years, Zach? Um, there was a very, very good curry house that I found. <laughs> good answer. With a good, with a good public slip. Absolutely. Good pace. Um, it, it was all going fairly well. So it was about 31 and my knee went when I came running to bowl against Alfredton. Uh-huh. I just just started skipping the side, came came downhill. Um, uh, it was the first ball of my second over. Uh, me and Chamber just taking wickets, came in and loud crack, and I was down on the floor with a knee the size of a melon. So that took about four years to get over reared up. I played wow. two years afterwards, but in my head, it took four years to get out of the way. Mm. And then uh, it, and then I started coming back by that time, about 35, and just pretty well old and knackered anyway by then. Mm. So I guess oh. that was a pretty ba- bad moment for you. But uh, what's what's been some of your better moments? I mean, best not necessarily the best bowling spells, but some of your favourite spells. Some of my favourite spells. Um, I was a kid playing at uh, British Rail many, many Oh, years. yeah, yeah. And clear blue skies, absolutely baking hot. I was given this ball to open with and I thought this would never go anywhere. And it swung round corners. And I, I can never tell you why, but it went everywhere exactly where I wanted it to. Mm. 
and he, and he picked up a couple, but dot balls all over the shop, and it was just going everywhere. And it was just one of those dream moments where no matter what we wanted to do, it did it for you, and it was just bloody fantastic. Sorry, if you still rem- still remember it now, yeah, that says a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. it didn't take many wickets, but it just it, everything went right. It was, it was just there. It was, sometimes it's almost doing too much because it, it would. I remember one guy, I bought one guy, he literally tried to, he sort of batting on off. He took a big step about two, two foot outside off peg. And then the next board he did exactly the same, but I was able to swing it in between his legs and took him middle and leg. And it was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. <laughs> it's the type of wicket that if we had cameras back then, the way we have today, you'd, you'd love to watch it back time and time again. Oh, God, seriously, I went back there with my dad that, that night and tried to roll it up. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Paul? What about you? Know, you've got some big innings in your record over the years, but is there anything that stands out as a that's the one that's the most memorable? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the big, I don't really remember too much about some of those. I think the obviously the 2018 season when we won the league in the cup at Ticknell was a, was a huge season. Um, yeah. I could talk you through most of those games, and there were some pretty important times of that season where maybe they weren't biggest innings, but they made a big difference, and similarly, obviously, with the with the 2012 Derbyshire season, having the the chance to win a championship with a group of blokes that I'd grown up playing with was was fairly huge. Mm. So, um, if you asked me about some of the highest scores that are on there, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you a huge amount yeah. about them, but I could certainly talk you through most of the games in those two seasons. Um, because I think you're right there. I think it's the ones that mean so much to you, you know, mm. that, that you remember the most, I think. And, uh, you know, where you've had an influence on, like, say, winning leagues and, uh, you know, creating victories, I think they're the ones that mean the most. There's a couple of first-class hundreds there, isn't there, Paul? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where the were same they? with them, really. I, I could probably talk you through more of the Tickle 2018 season than I could about that. Um, I think there's a theme yeah. going to go through this, Rich. You? It looks like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So 20, 2018, I'm looking at looking at that year now, Paul. You, you scored 1,400 runs, 129 not out was your highest score, averaging 68.62. Not your highest average that you've had, but a you know, good one. Five tons, six fifties, 24% of the team runs ain't bad, is it? Makes makes oh. me wonder what the other 10 were doing. <laughs> the thing is, when, when you bat for half the time, you should be scoring at least half runs. <laughs> Can't disagree with that, Zach. Can I? <laughs> no, no. A man of maths. Absolutely. What was so special about that then, apart from winning the league and cup, Paul? Was it just was it? You know, as Zach said with his bowling, was that the year that everything just clicked all the way through for you? I think as a group it did. Certainly, yeah. I think um, I think in the season as well, there were so many tight games that we just got on the right side of, um, and it obviously went all the way down to the last game. We had a couple of massive wins in the two or three weeks before the end of the season. So, mm-hmm. so the group that we had and the number of people that we had contributing to that season was was amazing and um it was probably something that we'd been working towards for, for a period of years really and um it was nice that it all came together in that year. And how far off do you think you are from that again? Uh not far, yeah not far. We probably didn't quite have the season we would have liked last year or certainly not the start we would have liked. But we um yeah. we had a decent second half. The first yeah. half first half was very average, wasn't it? First half was uh yeah obviously not quite what we would have hoped for but um yeah the second half of the season we beat a lot of the top teams and, and we're back to winning a lot of games and I guess as in any season if you just get a little bit of luck that goes your way and you get on a on a decent run then um, I think we've certainly got the players to be up the top end Are you going to be pinching any from the Derbyshire uh, Academy shall we call it again next season because th- you know, that seemed to make the difference for one or two clubs didn't it? Uh, we'll see, yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of like transfer window season now isn't it? Yeah, it is. uh, Don't worry, <laughs> we'll embargo it until April 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we're pretty lucky with some of the players we've got, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine there'll be huge changes for us. And yourself, Zach, what are you, what are you looking for next year? Um, just as long as my back's all right. Just, <laughs> just keep, keep, keep going, basically. Um, I always said I played to us 50 on 50 next year. So, right. um, it was, I, I really enjoyed, with COVID and then I had a, a bad back after a year, season after COVID. It was the first season I played for a couple of years, uh, that season just finished. And being with the threes and helping bring some of the young lads through has been really enjoyable this year. They're a good bunch down there. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it with them. So hopefully it'd be nice to not uh, not have such an average start that we had this year. We, we know each other a bit better. So hopefully maybe push for a promotion with the threes would be nice and, uh, and keep the kids going. And if I could get the 40 wickets, which is always my goal, I'd be, I'd be well happy with that. What divisions are you in next year? So it's Prem? Prem, four south for twos, and okay. uh, threes are seven south. Is it is yeah. it one of the aims at Tickle then? You know, you guys have got a phenomenal junior setup. There's no two ways about it. But is it one of the aims, therefore, to also get those twos and threes slightly closer to the Prem team? Because that one and four gap, gap's quite big, isn't it? I, th- I think so. I mean, I think with, I know that the, the twos have always wanted to be in three. Um, mm. And the threes, we, we, we never like just turning up, just play cricket. We, we want to we want to get as, as high up as possible, and you start getting a more regular base. I think that's more possible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think definitely we, we could do with getting the twos into div three, and then uh, right, Sam. Well, sorry, if as near to the first team as possible, uh, there's no yeah. change yeah. or a, a smaller change in standard, and more guys are then willing to make uh, make the hop up and or drop down if need be. So. And yourself, Zach, you've obviously been through the, those levels in your career now. What difference do you see with that first team now compared to when you were playing first team? Uh, I would say now you've got a much stronger standard through the entirety of the team, and you can you can literally throw the ball to somebody, and you can you you back down to the, the guys back down to twelve basically these days. Um, you know, whoever you throw the ball, you know exactly what you're going to get from, and, and you can set fields, and everybody knows what what their roles are. Uh, when I was in the ones, you could probably do that with six or seven other guys, yeah. and then you had a couple of guys who, who were going to be good and and were good after two or three years, but just need a little bit of bit of hand holding. But um, sometimes that's the nature of the beast, and there's times when the top four bats had to stand up because there was nobody else who could bat, and we only had three bowlers who could bowl, so the three of us got together and got a back sighting gear and uh, and uh, did what we had to do, or tried to anyway. Stumps, umps, and You've had the luxury, Paul, of obviously being in the first team at, Dar- at uh, Tignall, sorry, for a long time now. When you came back from Derbyshire and basically went full on Tignall, how much of a difference did you see there? Yeah, I mean, it was nice to be able to come back and contribute to what was already a a strong side. Like I think we had a spell of seasons where we finished fourth or fifth and we knew that we just needed to find an extra gear to get us into um, into challenging to win the league which was obviously always the end goal and we had a good three or four years doing that before last year so we knew we weren't ever far away we just needed a bit more of a push really to um to try and nurse the top teams a little bit yeah most definitely hey listen let's move on to something a bit more uh controversial slash fun slash <laughs> opinionated um tell us a bit about your favorite teammates that you've batted with paul over the years <clears throat> and obviously, if you want to tell us about the ones that you hate batting, we've got no problem with that. You can talk about your opponents as well, if you like. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, come, um, we'll come to that. 
Are we coming to that later, are we? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been I've been pretty lucky to play with some decent players over the years. Um, I mean, c- coming into the Ticknell side as a sort of 15, 16 year old was was an eye opener, and it, they, I was lucky to be surrounded by some some great people, of which Zach was one. So um, yeah, there are certainly some uh, fun days to look back at, <laughs> at those times, and it was uh, it was a culture changer to be a part of. So um, yeah, I've I've been fortunate to play. With and against lots of of good players, not just at Signal, but um, all over the place, really. Do do I detect a politician somewhere there, Rich? <laughs> it sounds a bit like it. Yeah, name yeah. names, Paul. Who's your favourite batter that you batted with? Um, good question. There's probably there's probably been a couple of times where I've been batting with people and I thought this bloke's on another level to to this game. Um, Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> One did, of did, those... did, did you ever did you ever bat together, you two? Good question. I don't know, you know. Ooh. I was probably out by I'm normally out by yeah. the time you got in. I was only about sixteen then, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it worth checking up on that one. <laughs> I think I think late, later on, I think I think when we went from one to uh Prem the first time round, I th- I think we've batted a couple of times together there. Yeah. Just <laughs> I'd, every time I've either been uh, in a net with Boz or whatever, all I hear him say when we're both back together is like, just stay with me, Zach, just stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about to say, I'll take that so lad from the bottom. He's just like, I'll just, I'll just yeah, yeah. He does. No, well, it's obviously it's, memorable. Those those pairings were memorable because you neither can bloody remember. But, uh, <laughs> so you go, let's get to Zach and let Paul think about it. What about bowlers you bowled with, Zach? Who, who's been your favourite pairings you bowled with? Uh, like I say, Ian Duckhouse, uh, when he took he took 66 in one season, and we got him in. Uh, it was left armer, a left armer quick. He was a good lad, um, and we got him in. Uh, he he left, and then a guy called Graham Chamberlain came to us to take his oh, place. Yeah. And Chamberlain yeah, yeah. took he took 66 wickets the first year he was with us, and he was he's, he's a proper actor. He is Chambers. Chambers is is one of these guys pretty quiet off off the off the field. But get him on there. He he wants to win, and it, and he mm. takes everybody with him as well. He really wants wants everybody to perform to the best for for their own good, and also for the team as well. So no, definitely you ducky and then chamber as well. I'd say. Do you want do you want do you want to do the opposite then, Rich? Do you want to do opponents? Yeah, yeah. Let's have a list, listen to your opponents. It, it was uh, it was your favourite and most formidable opponents, really. I I I go Swarky and Spondent straight away. Would you? Yeah. We've had some really good fights with both, so to yeah. speak, really good matches with them. We've played some really strong matches. I think the best thing about both of them is like the, it's it's the strongest hell on the field, but you can have a chat. Yeah. Right after yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's 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 how I like to play it, and that's that's how those guys are to them. Really. What's the best sledging you ever heard, Paul? Um, nothing good enough that's made me remember it. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably from Zach see. at some point. I remember Zach bowling it a little bit when I was about 14 in the nets and uh, follow it? through was getting longer and longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time Tony got you, uh, you you, uh, you went down the other end to me. And, I was scared, uh, I, I remember that. I was, I was fairly warmed up and I was coming in and Tony was just like, you know, just put it there and there about and oh, yeah, yeah, fine. So <laughs> instantly eased off at about 12, 13-year-old lad at the other end. I'd seen him practising on the odd occasion, shall we say. So um, started putting them down and Tony said, go on, go for it. Go on, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And then he said, go on, just sneak a, sneak a short one in. So I sneak one in. And Paul's just like seeing it coming a mile away. He's rocked back onto his toes and just played dead battered it down. And I thought, oh, look at me. This is, this is the end of my career. This is, I'm not starting this. I'm finishing mine here. 
<laughs> lad is not even in his teens. He's just like just like first team opening bowler. He's just like smiling at me. So no wonder the bloody uh, follow through got a bit longer. Yeah, well, a <laughs> smile is as good a comeback as anything. I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. What about yourself? Who've been your most favourite people to play against or least favourite? Uh, I agree with Zach. I think some of the games we've had against um, Swarkston have obviously been very tight and great games to play. No, none more so than the one this year where Greg Court got us over the line in a in a pretty extraordinary finish. We had a couple of years, Zach mentioned Spawning, we had a couple of years where Spawning and us were the top couple of teams really. So I think the year we won it, we lost off the last ball there, which was, um, which was tough, but amazing game to play in. So... I mean, the Swarton game is always always special because of the because of the geographical nature of it and and how much yeah. has gone into it over the years. Just quickly looking up that game this year, the close one. Was yeah, it the-, the the celebration probably won't be on play cricket, but Greg managed to run <laughs> the, full length, the full length of the field, and uh, Did he? Um, he certainly enjoyed it. So it was uh, it was worth it just for that. Two for nineteen you, from you are, Greg Cork. You are yeah. going into politics, Paul. It, he is. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the politician or the schooling in him that you know, the, <laughs> it's, it's new it's this new job that it must be, Paul, that's what it is. Exactly. It, we'll it, come on that, to that in a minute. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll have to talk about that when we get round to it. So which bowler in the Prem comes up against you, Paul, and you go off and here we go. Um I'm not sure I'm that bloke really to shut people under the bus on a on an international <laughs> podcast like this. So uh... <laughs> There's not many listeners, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to face these people again next year as well, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we have a look at this conversation when I'm not playing anymore? And then I'm um, Well, all I'll say is there were three captains in the Premier League who didn't mind saying a single thing, just rolled off names halfway through the season oh, really? last year. Yeah, Bert, I'm, not, Bert, I'm not that guy. And Harvey and Joe, Joe up at Eckington, they didn't give a damn. They just said names what they thought straight away. <laughs> what about yourself, oh. Zach? Who do you want to bowl? Who, who, who do you least like bowling to? Who do I least like bowling to? Um, Back in the day, even. Christ. Um, who the... There's a guy called Kev Leatherday. He used to play at Matlock. Um, he, he was he was a good bat. Bloody good bat. Dave Halliday at Belgium. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he was once, at Rochester for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he, he paid me the biggest compliment I've ever had after. I bowled 15 overs at him uh, at Belper. And he came down the wicket, and you might have to edit this, and you said, 15 overs, <laughs> you're in nagging length. <laughs> So, <laughs> I thought I'll take that and he, he went on to score loads of bloody runs that day but um, yeah. no, he's he, good, he, player. good player good player but yeah it's, I mean people people like Boz who just don't don't give you anything really and very rarely do you get by get by the edge of the bat or you know, hit, hit the pads or whatever um, Johnny Owen when he played for Swarkston I think I think that was the year uh, yeah that's the year I played Prem we went up and then came back down and uh, we snicked him off but he wasn't given and then he just took took me all over the shop hello son how did the game go it was okay but i broke my bat can i get a new one you've done what broke your bat oh that's just great how am i going to afford to get a new one now i just haven't got that kind of money why don't you try village cricket village village who village cricket they have a range of bats and they are a fraction of the price of other brands. Very good bats as well. Some from our club have got their bats. Very good quality and very good prices. And they don't just do bats, they do all the equipment you need, all for the same great price. Well, that sounds great. I'll have to have a look. Sounds just what I need. Thanks. The Village Cricket Company stock a wide range of cricket equipment for every age group, all without the usual high price tag. Visit them now on www.villagecricket.co. 
and on checkout use promotion STUMPS10 for a further 10% discount. The 10% discount only applies to the product purchase and not the shipping charge, which is a standard £5 per order. VillageCricket.co aim to dispatch all orders within 24 hours, so you should receive your order within 2-3 to three working days. For more information, visit www.VillageCricket.co. This promotion expires 30th of September 2023. Visit VillageCricket.co for all your cricketing needs. VillageCricket.co Super over. First question: What's your favourite ground? Uh, it's got to be Lords. Special place. Okay. Got to be Lords. Okay. Favourite batter? Uh, probably Virat Kohli at the moment. Okay. Favourite bowler? Got to be Anderson, I think, with what he's done in the last most, uh, ten years. Or so. most, most common answer, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, favourite tipple? Uh, Blue Moon. Okay. And if you're having a cricket tea, what would you be your favourite cricket tea item of choice? Um, I tend to be quite fond of the sweeter options. I'm one of those people that saves one of those things for after the game so that okay. when I walk back <laughs> in, I've got something to look forward to regardless of, yeah. uh, of how things have gone. Good call. And finally, your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Uh, I think Michael Vaughan was somebody that I spent a lot of time watching as I was growing up. I spent a lot of time focusing on the things that he did and he was at that time when I was sort of coming through my teenage years and um, he was great to watch. So, yeah, I think Michael Vaughan. Yeah, good choice. Thanks for that. No problem. Super over. Right, Zach, your favourite ground? Trent Bridge. The man oh. managed to take a wicket there once, so that's that's, that's oh, one okay. for me. That is, thank you very much. That's a big tick. Favourite batter? <laughs> batter. Ooh, I, I, I'm a old school, so I've got to go to someone like Graham Gooch, I'd say. Nice. Like favourite bowler, who do you model yourself on? Uh, favourite bowler, model myself on uh, Ian Botham and Malcolm Marshall. Again, unfortunately showing my age horrifically there. Don't worry, it's showing my age as well. Um, <laughs> favourite tipple? Tipple, bitter, decent pint of real ale, more of the hoppy stuff I'm happy nice. with. So. And we've got cricket teas back around a lot of grounds now, so what would your favourite cricket tea item of choice be? Classic, if you've got it every week, instead of like, you know, the odd person who does the really good sausage roll, that kind of thing, a good egg and salad cream sandwich. I'm all over that. Any day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? It's got to be, trying to keep it as much uh, cricket as possible, I've got to go with Ian Botham. Uh, He's the guy that, when I was a kid, he's the guy that first really opened my eyes to to cricket and uh, test cricket as well. So it's got to be got to be beefy. Magic. That's great. Thanks, Zach. No worries. Super over. So what's brought you back down south, back down to almost home for you now, Paul? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Denson's obviously an amazing place, amazing school, um, an opportunity that I'm very grateful to be getting stuck into. Um, and as you said, it's, it's a lot closer to home for me. It's an area that I know and, um, it's exciting. It's an exciting time for the school with its cricket um, yeah. and lots of exciting cricketers coming through in the next few years, hopefully. Has my mate Dander been in touch to see if he can poach you for Tutbury yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been asked to go and play for Tutbury in answer to your question, no. 
<laughs> is, is, is Evan still playing at Denston? Evan's at Denston, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's yeah, doing he's, brilliantly, yeah. Great, great lad. Really, good, really nice lad as well as a great cricketer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and absolutely. I, I, I'm genuine when I say my mate Dan because I get on really well with him. Um, and I think what they've done over at Tupri has been phenomenal with the juniors over the last few years to bring so many players through, like Evan. Um, and is Evan's little brother even looks even better. That, that says a hell of a lot. To say, so keep an eye out for that one coming through Denston without a shadow. T- yeah. Tell us a bit more about the Denston Academy as such as it is, Paul, because it's it ain't just cricket as a school, is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no such there's no formal academy as such. Um, we're lucky with the links we've got with Staffordshire and Derbyshire. We've got sort of two or three in each age group that are in the, the yeah. county sides, um, which then obviously translates to fairly strong senior sides. Uh, it's a tough fixture list we've got. It's a tough circuit in this area. There's some big schools that we play against. Um, I would expect us to be pretty strong at the senior end next year based on where we're at at the moment. It's a pretty strong year, 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, some really exciting players, some of which are part of EPPs and academies coming through um, in the younger mm-hmm. age group. So, so yeah, lots to look forward to in the next few years. That's fabulous. I'd be really interested to watch what goes on over there the next year or so, definitely. We've, we've had some quite funny moments mentioned on this podcast, not not just from the Winslow lads, but all over the county and beyond. What's what's the funniest moments that you two guys have come across on the pitch? And you can uh, say whatever you like. Banter, on field, it doesn't matter. I'll, so one of one of my, and it's not on the pitch, One of the, some of the funniest memories that I remember were, as I first broke into the Tignall first team, Zach, you probably know about this better than me because you were captain that sort of thing. I was probably, I think, 15 or 16. And that was at the point where the Tignall pavilion was being built, which meant oh, right. the changing rooms were those blue... Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember, but, yeah. Porter cabin kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like Ooh. porter cabin. So my introduction to Tignall's first team was being part of a porter cabin change room with Zach as the captain, which, as you can imagine, led to some... Um, some things Jolly, that probably Jolly hadn't Jake. quite come across <laughs> at that stage in my in my development yet. So there was uh, it was a it was a dressing room and a half to be a part of, and something that certainly stood with me. Sounds like you can expand on that a bit, Zach. I think it's it's one of those things. Care, where, careful what you're saying, there, mate. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes, yeah, so that was right, Paul. Um, I th- it's one of those things where it's, it's, I don't think it's just like one individual event or individual person. I think it was just we had a team that just enjoyed a giggle, but we played cricket as hard as possible, and it was yeah. it was a great environment to, to to be when you when you work your, your balls off Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday you're playing hard league cricket, and you're in a cup match on a Sunday as well. A lot of people say it's knackering and all that kind of stuff, but when you're enjoying it as much as we did, yeah, it's, you just don't feel it. Monday comes around too quick. But no, it's a combination of a bunch of guys who just enjoyed each other's company. We had a few beers and played some good cricket together and it was just good to be a part of it, to be honest with you. That's beers not with Mr Young Borrington at the time, obviously. Well, no, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. No, Paul was, I think Paul's still on coats about two or three years ago. <laughs> what about yourself, Zach? There must be something, all those years you know, around the um, league, there must be something on the pitch in particular that stands out. In the pitch, we'd, I remember what once, for some reason, from ooh, donkeys years ago, a guy called Stu Cabin was skippering. And um, we had a guy called Andy Beasley, who at the Beast, we called him, big, strong pair of shoulders, played rugby, I think. And he was out on the, out on the boundary. And um, it was one of those games where we had the spinners on. It was just getting dot after dot after dot. 
and Beastie was just starting to wander off a little bit. And Callie just said, Beastie, stay off that fence for Christ's sake, stay off the fence. Three balls later, stay off the fence, stay off the fence. Of course, Guy ends up with his back wrapped around his neck. The ball's travelling towards Beastie at long run. <laughs> about 10 yards to his to his right, so he sets off. Unfortunately, Beastie's still attached to the fence on a bit of barbed wire. <laughs> you know, he sets off, stops and sits on his ass. He stands straight away. <laughs> and he never went near the fence again. <laughs> it wasn't the infield from then, for some reason. No idea. <laughs> I know Stu was skipping at the time. He, he looked at him and you just thought Stu was going to die at him. But he was just on the floor in fits of laughter, Stu was. And that's what Caddy was about. He was just, just about enjoying it. But poor old Beastie. Bless him. I'd like to say they happen everywhere. But they're all different. Every single story we get on the pod is different, uh, and that, that's a that's a good one. Tell me, Zach. Just you made me think that you've been at the, the top level in the sort of the prem in the first division, and now you're down in the thirds with Ticknell. Obviously, still um, bowling extremely well. Do you get frustrated in what you've seen as you've come down the leagues in terms of the levels that you've had to compete at? Um, sometimes I think I think there are, there are some guys out there who. Um, you think they're a lot better than what they are, and some of the chirp that they come out with, you just think that's just <laughs> utter muppetry. That is just you need to sit back, just concentrate on your yeah. own game a bit more. I've, I've been there when I was on the way up, and I chirped at a few guys who absolutely yeah. around the park, and it's one of the best lessons you need to learn yeah. as quickly as possible. There's there's guys now who, who you're playing against, and there was there was one team who played away not too far away from Tickle, and um it was like playing in the ashes and it was just just unbelievable and it, that's come on you, you've got a, a full senior side there near the top of the league and you're playing against a side that's got like six or seven juniors in oldest of yeah. which is 15 and you've got two or three old farts in the 50s congratulations you know so i think there just needs to be a little bit of realism sometimes and just just it's easy to say at my point where you say i just need to step back and just enjoy it a bit yeah. more but i think if more lads did that they'd get a lot more out of it and I, I, the cricket I've watched in the last few years, where I've seen some Premier League cricket or even some Div One cricket, the professionalism is there. But I think you just hit the nail on the head. You can see the lads are enjoying it as well. It might be good hard cricket, but they're enjoying it. We, you know, we, I've seen all of us a couple of times in the last year, mm-hmm. um, and Bertie would be the first to admit you know, they weren't sure where they were going to be last year in the Prem, and they were mm-hmm. quite happy that was their time to stay in it. But they mm-hmm. enjoyed the cricket, and I think if they're enjoying yeah. the cricket, you're going to play good cricket, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I know that the, the one season I was looking at to, to play Prem cricket, uh, it's a good bunch of lads, and um, they, they literally the whole season just flew by from mid April to mid September. Um, every single game was so intense. It just, it just, you really become part of it, and you're completely in, involved and enthralled by it. And it just, it just flies by, it just absolutely flew by. I loved it. I did absolutely loved it. What about you, Paul? I've got a, a, a question of going back again to school, and I'm sorry, mate, but you, you were up in Yorkshire, weren't you, with your previous job? I know you're back down at Denston. Um, you, you've obviously had the, the privilege of seeing good level cricket at school at both ends of the, the M1, shall we call it. Is there a big difference you're seeing between them, Denston versus where you were previously? Uh, I think the circuit that Denston is on is much stronger than the one at right. Woodhouse Grove. Um, so that develops stronger cricketers? Yeah, I, th- I think Yorkshire is so big that there are so many schools in there that at Woodhouse Grove last year, like we're lucky if we've got the odd county player here and there. Right. With Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, Leicester, Staffordshire, 
all on the doorstep, yeah. it mm. means that the schools in this area have got sort of two or three county players in each year group. So um, the circuit and the standard of school cricket in this area, I think, and I'm, I'm guessing a little bit, I think slightly stronger than that of, of a little bit further north. Yeah, I think you're right about Yorkshire. It's such a big county from the bottom end all the way up to that North Yorkshire side. Um, and there's some very good schools all the way up there as well, isn't there? So they are dragging uh, students and cricketers from all over the place. Yeah, I think I think the, the the very best players at Woodhouse Grove are of a very similar level to the very best players at Denison. But um, I think we've probably got a few more of those players at Denison than we did have um, last year. Great, great. Hey, we're, good, we're coming towards the end of the recording um, today. We just want to look forward to next season very briefly before we do our final question. Uh, you know, who were... This year, just looking back on this year and going forward, who were the people that surprised you? Teams or players that surprised you, either at Ticknell or elsewhere, gents. And you know, you could see next year you're going to be going. I'm looking out for that one again. You know, that's somebody that you're going to be looking out for next season, Paul. Uh, good question. Um, I feel like I can't remember what the league's ever looked like. I'm just trying to think who finished where. Arrowwood <laughs> um, <laughs> did pretty well, didn't they? They had uh, they had a great start to the season, certainly, and managed yeah. to finish halfway. Um, I'd could give you a very biased answer and talk you through lots of Ticknell um, prospects coming through that I think will will continue to develop and have good seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'm I'm probably a little bit biased on that, and I think we've got lots of good players who are capable of having good seasons. So you've got I'm looking at the table, Paul. You've got Swarky obviously came top. Harvey did a great job leading them. Um, I think you were one of only two or three teams to beat them at any point. Um, so you did did a good job getting a the result there, didn't you? Um, San Diego still got great bowling attack, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been strong for lots of years, and and they're always very, very difficult to beat. So, um, yeah, I would certainly expect San Diego and Swarkson to be to be the two teams to beat. Um, as you what? mentioned, we managed to to put a win together at, at Swarkson, which was largely thanks to Greg. And yeah, um, yeah, he enjoyed it. That's for sure. What about our friends on our doorstep who've got themselves back into the prem? Rolston. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. Obviously, Darren Smith's done brilliantly for them and you you suspect that he will have a great season and, and should be able to lead them to enough victories to, to keep them safe. Um, other than that, they seem to have the same call they've had for a few years, which is full of lots of good players. So, I would I'd expect them to be absolutely fine. Um, the Dunstall team with Callum's a little bit of a new team, I think, isn't it? So, I think that's a bit of an unknown and... Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll be all right and manage to win enough games to to do okay. Be nice to get back to Deer Park though. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's certainly a lot worse grounds that we could be playing at. So, well, like um, Roston. <laughs> Roston's always all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got, uh, got loads of mates there, but I'm going to say it. The <laughs> the South Derbyshire grounds are, uh, are yeah. They're, they're certainly ones that we look forward to and it's nice to have them on the doorstep and nice to have the, the regional games to be playing in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What about yourself, Zach? What are you looking forward to next season? I'd, I think one, one thing I'd, I saw about playing 13 cricket for the first time for a few years uh, this last season is that but I, I think the best example is like Wharton. We went up to Wharton and they carted us around the park for 40 overs and we were chasing two, 200 and something stupid of 40 overs and we we managed to hold on and it was a, it was a good rear guard action from our, from our juniors, two or three lads batting really well. We got them at our place on a track that's probably you know, fairly decent, to be honest with you. And it was 78, played 79. Wow. And there was only one wicket in it. Crazy. They bowled us up for 78 and we had them, uh, they, they were 79 for nine 
uh, last game of the season. And you just think, well, if you can get two, three, four out, well, two or three out of the top of the top of the order, you're in there. So it's just getting mm. that across to the guys. No matter yeah. if you're getting yeah. carted, still keep getting in there. Just think about you know, your areas, your bowling, that kind of thing. If you get one and then two, then suddenly it's a completely different game. So I think something I enjoyed yeah. was how the game can swing so much. Mm. You know, 20 overs, you know, one in points can be two completely different halves of, of an innings. You can have your top three going yeah. good. You, you, you finished eighth last year. Is that what, what's well, where do you think you can realistically finish next year? I would like. I think again, consistency of team, which obviously relies on ones and twos. Ones and twos are look, hoping to be yeah. more consistent yeah. this year as ever. I think if we get a reasonable consistency and a good core of six or seven guys in there, I don't see any reason why a top top four shouldn't be too far mm. away from us. Really, I think it's the the we had some new lads come in to senior cricket. And I think uh, their second year, then hopefully looking to step into twos, is is where they want to be. And but they've got to perform yeah. two to get that. So I think we're as a as a third team will benefit from their um, their their success this year. I would say most definitely. That's great, lads. Stumps, bumps, and what we're going to do now, gents, um, our final question which we ask everyone, and we're, we're, we're lucky because we can set the criteria for this. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to invite you to enter a team into the Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps Six Aside competition for next season, which if it's up to me, I'll make that happen. Um, <laughs> but we, we want you to put your perfect Six Aside team together. I think the criteria for you two should be, it's got to be six Ticknell lads. Um, you know, your best six Ticknell lads overall that you can come together with. It's got to be two batters. Two bowlers, one all-rounder, and a keeper. Uh, you are allowed to pick yourselves, or you are allowed to coach from the sidelines. Um, you're allowed to wind as many people up as you want, include them, not include them. It's down to you guys because it's not our club. We don't have to worry about it. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with the two batters. Who would you put down as your two batters, gents? Paul, any ideas batting-wise? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Are you picking yourself, Paul? Well, uh, hang mean, on, hang on, hang on, been, I've scored some runs this year. We've been pretty lucky to play with some good players over the years. Yeah, I think there's probably a few in front of me, to be honest. Um, it, can, it can be any era. There isn't other statistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, anybody I mean, can make any stats anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously Madsen's been around. For, Wayne Madsen's been around for the last few years. He's been amazing and it's... Uh, Oh, hang on, we need to call time out on this now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne Madsen opening the batting, OK, yeah. Who's that with? It's got to be Woody, isn't it? I mean, it'll probably be annoyed I've not put him in the all-rounder bracket, but... Um... Oh, you've got someone else in mind there, potentially, then? No, I mean, I, I can picture his reaction now. He'll be saying, why is he not the all-rounder rather than, <laughs> than a batter? <laughs> That's exactly the sort of feeling. I'm going up to Derbyshire for an interview in a few weeks' time, so I'll just, I might just sort of place it out there. Ready, so. I'm, I'm surprised Woody's got in as a batter. Too, isn't <laughs> Gents. Right, we'll have Madders and Woody then. Yeah. Two bowlers. We've got to go Ch- Chambo, you thinking? Chambo, yeah, it's got to be Chambo. He was so, I remember when I was, he was so quick when I was young, he was... He was unstoppable. Proper rapid. Who else? Who else with Chambo? I mean, like Wheeler was a Wheeler was pretty important for us, wasn't he? He was kind of yeah. the icing on the cake in that season. Yeah. Aidan Wheeler when we had him as overseas. Um Wasfaz. I did like Was whenever I Wasfaz, yeah. Wasfaz in that he was doing everything with it. It's just yeah. crazy. Like a magician. Wazim Fazal with his two hundred wickets, including a best of seven to thirty. Is is up there, not quite as 
Is, is his best as good as mine? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's better. Yours is only yours is only six for twenty-one, according to this. Oh, that's that's pretty. But really I'm sounding like Alan Shearer. Yeah. That's pretty prem. You're, right? you're sounding like me, Zach. Yeah, you're like sounding like me. Don't worry, Zach. <laughs> so we get go get on, back who, to when WDG Grace was still playing. Absolutely. Yeah. Go on then. Who's going to be your all-rounder then, Mister Borrington? If it's not going to be Woody, Question we'll keep we'll keep saying that until he hears it. By the way. Yeah, Lena Bass, maybe. Lena Bass, we were oh, on his day, God. he was as good as anybody. Um, That's a good anybody, chance. Anybody else from a bit well, earlier, Zach? He is fifth in the all time records for batting and second for bowling, so it ain't a bad all rounder, is it? Mm. Not bad. Rob, Rob Dumelo from from a few years ago, he could he used to bowl little four or five or four or five paces, little away swingers, and then uh, left under bat, they just scored runs every every week for us. Okay. That's what about possible. what about your wicketkeeper? There's a couple that I can think of. I think. Uh, what Sukes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's prob- there's there's a few. Ray McGuinness obviously is is worth yeah, a shout. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah, yeah, world keeper, yeah. Ricky Knighton was probably one of the best keepers I played with, and um, amazing as part of the group that we had. Yeah, very true. Okay, I see you've taken six wicketkeeping wickets as well, Mister Borrington. That must have been. Was that really right? short? Yeah, you don't even remember that, do you? No, I don't. It must have been as a in a junior game or in a third team or a second team game. I don't think I've ever been trusted to uh, take the gloves in a first team game. That's six no. more than that's six more than Woody, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> True all rounder. Absolutely, yeah. None of this, none of this Woody pretending, Lark, is it? Definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get so much trouble, I tell you. Yeah. So, come on, then. Let's give you the six names. Then we're going to go for somebody called Wayne Madsen as a batter like with Tom Wood batting. Your bowlers are Graham Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. And one name. Go on, Buzz. I want to, I'd go Wasfaz. Wasim Fazal, all rounder. You're agreeing on Zayn Abbas? Zayn Abbas, yeah. Yeah, Zayn. And keeper? <sighs> Tough this, isn't it? <laughs> for me, oh, dear. It's, prob- it's Ricky for me, I think. Ricky Nathan. Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, go on, Ricky, because he's a nice lad. and he's still- <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got there eventually, Ian. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I guarantee these two can't be on selection in a few years' time. <laughs> We've actually started selection last week for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but right, really. How can you start yeah. last week if you haven't got all your transfers sorted, though, Zach? <laughs> My wife yeah. does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a lot of club cricket, to be honest, doesn't it? Definitely so. Hey, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you two gents. Um, you know, you've got a wonderful history at Ticknell and around the, not just the Derbyshire League, but around the, the whole region. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you guys during the season next year. Unfortunately, our club's not going to be playing Ticknell, but uh, I'm sure we'll find a way of getting over there. I'll, yeah. probably be over there. I'll be over there with our juniors probably at some point. Yeah. Um, nice. So it's going on. So thanks a lot for your time, Zach. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks guys. for having us. Thank you. I look Cheers, forward to seeing you soon. All the best, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Good one, Matt. I enjoyed it. So, so when, when when the Nets start then, Livo? We're starting Nets on the, is it the 6th of February? First yeah. first Monday in Feb. Where at? We're up at uh, the, the Pingle again in, in Swad. Timings? 7.30 to 9.30 with the juniors doing the first hour and the seniors doing the second. Sounds great. Um, which means organised chaos for the first hour. Yeah. And uh, well, we'll see who turns up, eh? Well, let's hope for a good turnout. Are we getting on with any new signings? I don't want to give you any names necessarily, Livo, but... 
Are we signing any new players? Well, I was very busy pre-Christmas registering one or two players. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of transfers going through. Yeah. And once the opposition clubs obviously click the box that they're supposed to click. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've got. We're at, I think we're up to about half a dozen. Seven, will, six, six, seven people. Yeah, yeah. Which which will be on there. Um, and then obviously we've got a whole bunch of our juniors that are going to be qualified to play in our uh, Division 10, 13. Yeah. For anybody out there, we are going to be looking for uh, some pre-season friendlies, I would have thought. So, uh, any ideas, drop us, in, drop us a, a line by the usual methods or contact the Winslow Cricket Club and uh, we'll have a chat about having a pre-season friendly. What else are we looking at? Yeah, we've got a couple uh, ready to be booked in. We've got one of our Derbyshire specials coming up in the next month. Okay. Um, and we'll have a, a very special competition prize as part of that one. Fantastic. Uh, which all Derbyshire fans will be... Uh, very pleased to hear about. Um, and then we've obviously got Richard Marser. Well, I think that'll be a good one, to be honest with you. Yes, I, I thought you might think that. that. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to that. We'll be bringing a special guest interview room for that one. Are we? Yeah, we couldn't get Columbo, so we've got Neil doing it for oh, us. Oh, great. Yeah, well, Columbo, is he a detective? <laughs> <laughs> Ironside. You look more like Ironside, I think, Neil. Did you want him on the wheelchair? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah he was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, great pod. Enjoyed it. Look forward to the next... Uh, Couple of months coming up for stump sumps and beer pumps. In the meantime, ciao, brethren. Stumps, sumps and beer pumps. So that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumps, umps and beer pumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumps, umps and beer pumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around club cricket life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Sports Social Podcast Network. Stump, 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 stump,